Good morning and welcome to the Presbyterian Church of the Covenant. This is a new microphone cord and it's even, wow, it's like a Cadillac. Thank you, Philip. I feel like, uh, uh, just happy Father's Day. To t- yeah, this is, my name is Reverend Jason Warren Griffiths. I'm glad you're here. Today's June 20th. It's my older brother's birthday and it's also Father's Day. And uh, I'd like to say on behalf of myself and the team, yeah, Happy Father's Day to all the men amongst us, and thank you very much, Amy. Um, Two types of people in the world, those that like peanut M&Ms and those who like regular M&Ms. So you got a choice if you're a male today, you get, you walk out with one of these. And uh, just a brief word, anybody missing their dad, that's a, we're sorry, we're, this is a healing place also. Um, I got a couple announcements for us. One of them is next Saturday, or this Saturday coming up, there's the Boy Scout 60th anniversary of, of meeting at this, on this campus, and that's from 11 to 2, and um, you RSV, RSVP by emailing troop339, the, the, letter, uh, the word troop, T-R-O-O-P, 339 at hotmail.com, and you get a free meal. And it, uh, if you RSVP, please RSVP by tomorrow. Um, that'll make it way simpler for them to how much food they're going to order. So, and hopefully I'll see you here. And the programs is actually at, it starts at 11, the program's at 1. And I'm going to say, I think there's going to be media here and stuff. And I think the food's going to be pretty good. So I'm excited about it. Um, also next Sunday... We're going to ordain and install uh, our new deacons as part of in, in the service. Uh, we voted for that last week. Isn't that right, last week? Things are going fast or slow, I don't even know. Uh, and then also after the service, Student Ministries is hosting a barbecue. And so there's going to be back-to-back free food Saturday and Sunday for this guy. I'm excited about that. Are you excited, Cornell? He's pretty excited. That's about as enthusiastic as you get right there from Cornell. I love that. Um, and then I think that's it on the announcements. Is that, am I missing anything? Keep praying for our elders and deacons. Uh, we're sessions meeting this this Tuesday, and you know, barring you know, if the God willing and the creek don't rise, we'll be in the sanctuary uh, two weeks from now, Fourth of July. And uh, I couldn't be more excited about that. Whew. All right, I'm just going to relax a little bit, take a breath, take in this beautiful view. I get the best view. That's awesome. Let's, uh, let's stand, and I'll call us to worship uh, using Psalm 138, verses 1 through 3 in the Passion Translation. Afterwards, are you going to tell us a bit, a little bit about how we're supposed to sing all, all creatures of our God and King? I'm looking forward to that. That's excellent. But let's still our hearts and on this Father's Day, hear the psalmist call us to worship saying, I thank you, Lord. And with all the passion in my heart, I worship you in the presence of angels. Heaven's mighty ones will hear my voice as I sing my loving praise to you. I bow down before your divine presence and bring you my deepest worship as I experience your tender love and your living truth. For your word and the fame of your name have been magnified above all else. At the very moment I called out to you, you answered me. You strengthened me deep within my soul and breathed fresh courage into me. Good morning. morning. Uh, First, I would like to uh, to say something from my heart. Uh, And that, uh, this time, goes to to Kerry and Rob Scroggins because of the wonderful ministry they do for children and youth. And I saw the last uh, year and four months how much they've done for us to function in here with all the youth, especially doing a lot of work in here you know, day in and day out. And they, if they think we didn't see it, we do. And we thank you very, very much for your ministry. 
secondly, uh, in the many papers you have in the bulletin, you also have a yellow one, uh, or whatever color is that. Uh, yeah, yeah, it, I think it's yellow. Uh, okay. Uh, the choir is going to be back singing. And, uh, well, there are some details that were, you know, placed in there. Uh, things have changed from, uh, from Wednesday to today. And I'll tell you what the changes are. Um, we, are, we, are not, we will not gonna be able to rehearse uh, for the month of July on Tuesday or Thursday because of our conflict of schedule with our pianist. But we will uh, rehearsal, we, we do rehearsal on Wednesdays from 7 to 9 p.m. And uh, we, we're gonna have a special Saturday rehearsal on July 3rd, Saturday from 9 to 11.30. Okay, they're gonna be more coming for the choir. Now, here it is, all of you singers, or uh, singers-to-be, that like to sing in the choir, that uh, like to praise the Lord that way, you are welcome, wherever you are, in your cars, you know, uh, here, Whatever you are, you are welcome to come and join the choir. Um, the only requirement to have, to have a love for singing, a love for God, and if you could carry a tune, that's gonna be good enough. You don't have to necessarily read a conductor's score or any kind of music, <laughs> per se. Okay, uh, because we're gonna, we're gonna teach you that. Anyway, so uh, for whoever wants to come and join the choir, our first time to join the choir is going to be on Saturday, July 3rd at 9 o'clock in the sanctuary. Uh, meanwhile, if you'd like to do that, please contact me. My name is Cornell, the way you see it, and my phone number, or our choir president, uh, Patty Ernst. The, the number is there. Okay, so. All voices and choral people and singers come to me. Okay, good. Uh, number three, few words about our hymn, our, our hymn today. All creatures of our God and King. Okay, this is a recording from some time ago, or probably a year, uh, two years ago or so. Um, I have a, a more friendly pitch to begin with. Uh, then we're gonna do two verses on the lower pitch. Then gonna be a little bit of a pitch, a pitch raise for verse number three, and it's gonna be another pitch raise for the number four. Now, whoever uh, is in the cars, that's your time to really yell this out, and uh, we warm yourself up for the July Fourth uh, congregational singing life in the sanctuary. <clears throat>
Good morning. Hey, so uh, last week I talked to you about how uh, Jesus is, can be a, like a big brother to you, somebody you can look up to and emulate. And uh, I think I've talked before about how much Jesus really wants you to get to know him. Um, today I want you to know that uh, he wants to be your friend too. Um, just one verse again, so I don't go too long. Uh, John 15, 15 says, No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends, because all that I have heard from my father I have made, no made known to you. Um, we don't have servants today, really, but uh, I was thinking about, you know, when I... Uh, took my suit to the cleaners. I just said, would you please clean this? And they did, and I paid them, and uh, they didn't know if I was gonna wear it or somebody else, or if I was going to a job interview or a wedding. Um, it was just, they did the job. And I don't really know those guys that well. Um, but I was thinking about, um, years ago, my daughter had a birthday party, and, uh, I wanted my, my buddy Greg to help me make the food. And I said, uh, she wants Mexican food and she's allergic to cilantro. <laughs> she likes uh, soft, comfortable things and crunchy things too. So uh, I said, I've been thinking about decorations and everything and just help me come up with a menu and we'll whip up some food. So he says, we, we came up with four or five things and settled on enchiladas and nachos. And uh, so, you know, we, we started cooking and uh, we were catching up and telling jokes and laughing and, and even crying. But we said that was mostly the onions. And, uh, you know, he was making salsa and he says, uh, oh, this salsa really would be good with cilantro. I've got some at home. I, you know, grow it in a little pot on the kitchen sink. And I backed up to John fifteen fourteen, and I said, if you're my friend, you will keep my commandment. <laughs> and uh, anyway, we, we got it all made. And he said, you know, uh, I said, I got to go and start letting people in and finish up some other things. And he said, you know, Steve, you're a better cook than I am, mostly, and uh, you probably could have done all this by yourself. And I said, yeah, but now uh, we had a fun time together. We're better friends now, and uh, I really like doing things with you. And that's a totally different relationship than I have with the dry cleaner, you know. And it's more like what uh, Jesus wants to have with you. Um, and you think, what, well, what does, uh, what does Jesus want us to do with him? Uh, and we can remember that he commanded us to love our neighbors. And, uh, oh, I forgot this part. First day in heaven, what are we going to do? There's going to be a big party. And our part in that isn't really to make the food. Probably there's some angels or someone doing that. But the main thing we're supposed to do is invite people to the party because that's what he wants he wants more people there as many as possible anyway jesus can be your friend too and it's cool to hang out so uh, i'm gonna pray jesus we come this morning together as uh, friends and uh, we're so grateful that you're our friend too we're grateful for your sacrifice and your friendship. Go with the children and uh, get to know them more and let them get to, know, get to know you better and better. In your name I pray, amen. The proof of God's amazing love is this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. 
And because we have faith in him, we dare to approach the throne of God in confidence. Together, let us confess our sin against God and neighbor. Together. Merciful God, in your gracious presence, we confess our sin and the sin of this world. Although Christ is among us as our peace, we are a divided against ourselves as we cling to the values of a broken world. The profit and pleasures we pursue lay waste the land and pollute the seas. The fears and jealousies that we harbor set neighbor against neighbor and nation against nation. We abuse your good gifts of imagination and freedom, of intellect and reason, and have turned them into bonds of oppression. Lord, have mercy on us. Heal and forgive us. Set us free to serve you in the world as agents of your reconciling love. In Jesus Christ, amen. Hear the good news. Christ died for us. Christ rose for us. Christ reigns in power for us. Christ prays for us. Anyone who is in Christ is a new creation. The old life has gone. The new life has begun. Believe the good news of the gospel. In Jesus Christ, we are forgiven.
that rain stick that was awesome right the uh, dusty i love you man uh we we got our surveys back this is just this is a freebie this is before the sermon we got our surveys back you know we asked about like wh- where, what you guys are feeling i don't do we ever re- I, yeah we sent an email out that reported like we miss singing and we miss eating together right that was the two big anchors isn't that right steve Worship and eating, right? You could, you could put that on the front of this church. Worship and eating. But uh, the reason I, I started talking about that is one, of, one person, Steve, correct me if I'm wrong, all they wrote was, 
I missed the rain stick. <laughs> That's awesome. Isn't that heaven? Oh, gosh. Okay, we're, we're second one in the series in Ezra, and we're learning uh, through this prophet. He was a prophet um, to the exiles. Um, Babylon had just decimated Jerusalem. And now the people of God are going back and they're rebuilding the temple. And it's pretty much, it's very similar. Like it was interesting as I've been studying for these sermons, how it's the same story, right? That guy who wrote Ecclesiastes, kind of true. You know, it's, uh, it's nothing new under the sun. We go through this getting closer to God, forgetting what he's taught us, remembering and then getting closer to God. Um, and this pandemic is just a cur- curveball that fits right into this story, right? And it's, I feel like Ezra's teaching straight to us and talking to us about what are the key parts. Um, I, I, I know I've, I've talked about this on Reformation Sunday, but the, they've compared the way Luther and Calvin reformed the church, one way that they've compared them is they would say Luther, the church was worshiping the certain way, and they'd say that way is the top drawer of a desk. He opened that, and he picked out the parts that he didn't see in Scripture. Calvin, which is the theologian that we, we kind of uh, aspire and follow, um, He opened that top drawer, dumped it out, put it back in, and picked up the things that he saw in Scripture. And those were the essential things that went back into the worship service. And I feel like we're at the same spot. We've learned some huge lessons, and I don't want us to be, I don't want us to forget this. I don't want us to forget that we've learned hard and fast we are the church. This is a building. We are the church. Um, We can worship God anywhere because of what Christ has done. With masks on, without masks on, it doesn't matter. Our theology of worship is our God is worthy. We're going to gather, whether it be outside. We could all meet on this roof. It'd probably be really unsafe, (laughs) but we could do it, right? Well, probably couldn't because Jeff Elston would say, no, you can't do that legally. Okay, we got to get to some scripture. And this is, um, last week we kicked it off and the temple was being rebuilt. And now it's been on pause for a little bit because there's been some strife. They've, they've run into some from problems. And so they pushed pause on the rebuilding. Um, you ever seen Lord of the Rings? You ever see uh, the original Star Wars? This is the Empire Strikes Back one. This is the Two Towers one. This is where all, none of the, none of the big things happen, but all the character development happens. It's the theology of what God is like in the mundane. Um, so, Ezra chapter five. Somebody's phone's dinging. Glad you're back, dude. This guy's a phenomenal musician. Round of applause for this dude. And his wife. Remind me of your names. Tim and Nina? Nino. Tim and Nino. Does anybody recognize Tim and Nino? They were here. They worshiped with us back in the day. What years were you here? Left in 2005. Okay. Glad you're back. I've celebrated. Scotty Ewan's been saying, they're coming, they're coming. So I'm, I'm ready to party. Anywho. Um, sorry, that's kind of a curveball. We're getting back to Ezra chapter 5. Sorry about your, your ding. Kind of threw you under the bus. Still like you, Tim. Okay. Ezra 5. Now, the prophets, Haggai and Zechariah, son of Edo, prophesied to the Jews who were in Judah and Jerusalem. In the name of the God of Israel, who was over them. Then Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, and Yeshua, 
son of Jehozadak, set out to rebuild the house of God in Jerusalem. And with them were the prophets of God helping them. At the same time, Tetanai, the governor of the province beyond the river, and Sheth, Shethar Bozani and their associates came to them and spoke to them. Thus, spoke to them thus, who gave you a decree to build this house and to finish this structure? They, all asked, they also asked this, they also asked them this, what are the names of the men who are building this building? But the eye of their God was upon the elders of the Jews, and they did not stop them until a report reached Darius, and then answer was returned by letter in reply to it. The copy of the letter that Tatanai, the governor of province beyond the river, and Sheth, Shethar Bozani and the associates, the envoys who were in the province beyond the river, sent to Darius. They sent him a report in which was written as follows. To Darius the king, all peace. May it be known to the king that we went to the province of Judah to the house of the great God. It is being built of hewn stone and timber is laid in the walls. This work is being done diligently and prospers in their hands. Then we spoke to those elders and asked them, who gave you a decree to build this house and to finish this structure? We also asked their names for your, for your information so that we might write down the names of the men at their head. This was their reply to us. We are the servants of the God of heaven and earth. And we are rebuilding. We are rebuilding the house that was built many years ago, which a great king of Israel built and finished. But because our ancestors had angered the God of heaven, he gave them into the hand of King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon, the Chaldean, who destroyed this house and carried away the people to Babylonia. However, King Cyrus of Babylon, in the first year of his reign, made a decree that this house of God should be rebuilt. Moreover, the, God, the gold and silver vessels of the house of God, which Nebuchadnezzar had taken out of the temple in Jerusalem and had brought into the temple of Babylon, these King Cyrus took out of the temple of Babylon and they were delivered to a man named Sheshbazar, who he had made governor. He said to him, take these vessels, go and put them in the temple in Jerusalem and let the house of God be rebuilt on its site. Then Sheshbazar came and laid the foundations of the house of God in Jerusalem. And from that time until now, it has been under construction and it is not finished. And now, if it seems good to be seems good to the king, have a search made in the royal archives there in Babylon to see whether a decree was issued by King Cyrus for the rebuilding of this house of God in Jerusalem. Let the king send us his pleasure in this matter. This is the word of the Lord. That was long, right? But everybody's staying attention, right? Okay, I'll break it down. The first couple verses, the first three verses, Ezra lets us know there's other prophets on the scene. And they're writing at the same time and they're writing the same stuff. The people of God are united. And God is speaking. That's a huge thing to say. That's a huge thing to be reminded of even right now. And I'll give you a... I'll jump straight to the application. The churches around here, they're not our competitors. We're on the same side. Then you got a, a next, the next couple of verses, bureaucracy, right? Bureaucracy. That's, that's, at the, that's the heart of this, this little text. Talk about mundane, okay? You're, 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 they're starting to rebuild this temple. The governor's like, hey, why are you building? What gives you the right? 
What are you doing? What are you doing over there? Have you run across bureaucracy at any point in your life? I did. I'm a Presbyterian. Have you met me? <laughs> Remember, I was, it, was, it was deep in the process. It was deep, deep in the process of becoming the pastor of this church. And I was doing, yeah, they got so many forms you got to fill out. There's so many people that can say, no, you can't walk yet. You have to ask these three people, can you take a first step? And then you have to take these three people and ask, can you take a second step? They've thought through everything. There's, there's holes. There's, there's all kinds of this jazz. I don't mean to bash on Presbyterianism because I actually, you guys saved my soul. You know, like I, I would have opened this up and we all would have been COVID. You know, I don't know what would have happened if Jason was in charge, but I, I love this system, but there's also... There's a little bit of bureaucracy in the Presbyterian Church, just a smidge. And uh, I remember we were in South County, living in South County, and I said, I just came up with a strategy, Malia. I'm going to out-Presbyterian the Presbyterians. I'm going I'm to slow this thing way down. Gonna, they say, okay, I want this form. I'll give it to you in three years. You know, I was just, I was just taking my time and just soaking in the moments of, okay. And you actually learn, Right? God teaches you in bureaucracy. God teaches you lessons when he slows you down through outside forces. You start asking questions. You start learning stuff that you didn't know you needed. And I feel like it's similar that Ezra's He's, 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 they're slowing down and they're, they're remembering what they are doing. These questions of who's, who's in charge? Who gave you the authority to build? Who did? And that's the next section. They write a letter, right? The first thing out of the letter is he says, they've, they first reminded, they said, we're not building. We're rebuilding. We're reclaiming. We're redeeming. We're reforming. We're gathering together bigger and better. Deeper and wiser. We're going back into this place and we're not going to forget these times. And actually this, we wouldn't categorize it as bureaucracy. Probably the pandemic was our bureaucracy. It slowed us down and got us out here. But as we walk in, we're reclaiming. We're redeeming. We're, we're going back to where God has met us so many times. Right? Amen? Amen. Then what's he say? Then he gets brutally honest. Like transparent. This letter is like write, writing this to the governor, that's, it's kind of, it's, it's, it's intensely courageous. There it is. Thank you, Molly Lynn McCandless Griffiths. There's a reason. No, that's not a reason I married you. But there's a, there's a bunch of other ones. Uh, what do they say? How are they courageous? How are they transparent? They open the letter with, okay, we're rebuilding this place. We're reclaiming this place. And the reason it was taken away is because of our ancestors our ancestors made some silly mistakes. Have you ever, you, you ask somebody, hey, how you doing? And they truthfully answer. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, I'm really terrible. Hey, when's the last time that's happened? Like, I'm, I'm really sad or I'm broken. It's jarring, right? And it knocks you off your rocker a little bit. That's kind of what they're doing to this governor they're saying, why are you rebuilding? You really want to know why? 
It's because our fathers, and actually the, the Hebrew is not ancestors, it's fathers. So happy Father's Day, guys. <laughs> it's because our fathers, our fathers messed it up for us. Our fathers went the wrong direction. Our fathers let the world seep into the church and the synagogue. Our fathers made the mistake of picking other gods to serve rather than Yahweh. Our, our fathers went, took a right turn when they should have went left. That's why we're really rebuilding. And notice, they take the hands out of the governors, out of the mayors, out of the presidents, out of the King Cyrus, the King Nebuchadnezzar, all of it. They put it all on God. I got a quote. I got a quote from a guy uh, in Golden Gate. I had him as a professor. He's ridiculously good. Says this Telling the whole story requires a strange kind of confidence in God. A confidence that God already knows the whole story. So that there is neither the need nor the, the possibility of hiding it from God. And if God knows it, what harm can there be in other people knowing it? Did you follow that? Yes or no? Yeah, there's some nods, yes. Okay. Telling the whole story, they're proclaiming the sovereignty of God. They're saying, you know why we're rebuilding? This is because our fathers made the mistake of kind of walking the wrong direction. But ultimately, we know it's because God took us on this crazy journey. God took us on this journey to teach us these certain things about how he is reliable, both in the good times and the bad. Another commentator says, evidently the exiles, for evidently for the exiles, God's sovereignty is to be seen in both the ruin and the restoration. How have you seen God's sovereignty over the last year and four months? What lessons has he taught you in the midst of this chaotic and rough time? And then you get the last part, the last part of the letter, where you just see this bold confidence, this bold, um, he says, it's kind of passive aggressive, my favorite kind of aggressive. He says, why don't you, you know, the letter says, hey, why don't you go look in your little files there and see if uh, what we think is true is true. We have permission to rebuild. And the guy who gave it to us is bigger than you on this, you know, the planet. And ultimately, the God who's bigger than everybody. We'll pause right now. God, I just pray for whoever the ambulance is going to or the fire truck is going to. Pray that you guide their hands, the helpers and the rescuers. Um, heal. Oh, great physician, in Jesus' name. And all God's people said. And he says, the letter says, and we're going to bring back, and it says in there, we're going we're to bring back the old tools, the old instruments that were stolen by Nebuchadnezzar. We're going to bring them back. We're going to put them inside of our synagogue, inside of our temple. And what's their mission? Worship God. Worship God. And we talked a little about this last week. It's all senses. You got the barbecue going. You got the sacrifices going. You, everything smells like amazing meat. Lamb. I just had lamb yesterday for Father's Day. Oh. Anyway, you got all these sacrifices. You got the amazing smells. You got the amazing sounds of People jamming on their instruments, lutes and lyres and singers and poets and all that kind of jazz. In the, in the, you got all the sense, all of them. 
It's a sensory explosion that, that they're looking forward to. They're looking forward to worshiping God with everything they've got back in their place where they've met with God over and over and over again. We were planning our worship service for 4th of July, and I could almost start crying right now. Cornell was stoked. He's just on the phone. He says, we're doing the doxology, and I'm going to play the organ with my elbows. I'm, he did not say that. I was just a misquote. He was just excited because we're going to get to play the doxology, and it won't be me saying, it'll be, bam. You know, like we'll be back in there. You know, that's the mission. What's the shorter Westminster Catechism say? The chief end of all men and women. What are we for? To praise God and enjoy Him forever. We're worship. We're worship machines. And when we're firing on all cylinders, which is 4th of July, we're going to be back in there. And our call is to sing it out. Let our faces know we got some joy. Let our, let our fingers know we got some joy. And start praising out how good God has been and is and forever will be. Applications. First. First one. Churches around here. Same team. Same team. Second. We're going to have some red tape. If we haven't experienced it already, which we have, we're going to experience some red tape. Third, get honest with yourself. Get honest about the baton we've been handed. It's not perfect. We've got some problems. But God sees them, right? And God's got, God's got a plan, which leads you straight into being honest with God leads straight into being Trusting in his sovereignty. This is all going to be used. God isn't going to waste a single one of our teardrops. God isn't going to waste a single one of those moments when you were alone in your, your bedroom and you were saying, please bring this to an end. He's not going to waste that. He, that's his gold. That's the stuff he loves to work with and redeem and reclaim and reshape. And last but not least, boldly worship. Boldly sing out with your life. Boldly please God with everything that you raised him. Amen. All the people said amen. Amen. That's part of the service where we join together as second Exodus people and we put our tithes and our offerings into the mission. Steve said it in his children's message, inviting people to the party. I said it in my sermon, worshiping God with everything we've got. This morning's tithes and offerings are now received. This is my Father's world, and to my listening ears, all nature sings, and round me rings the music of the sphere. This is my Father's world. I rest me in the thought of rocks and trees, of skies and seas, his hand the wonders wrought. This is my father's world, the birds their carols raise. The morning light, the lily white, declare their maker's praise. This is my Father's world, He shines in all that's fair, in the rustling grass I hear. 
phrase again and though the wrong seems off so strong God is the ruler yet this is my father's world this is my father's world why should my heart be sad the Lord is king let the God reigns, let earth be glad. The Lord is king, let the heavens ring. God reigns, let earth be glad. The Lord is King. The Lord is King. Let the heavens ring. Sing that again. The Lord is King. Let the heavens ring. The Lord is King. Let the heavens ring. The Lord is King. Let the heavens ring. God reigns. God reigns. father's world this is my father's world why should my heart be sad the lord is king let the heavens ring god reigns let earth be glad the lord is king the lord is king let the heavens ring god reigns let earth be I always like the line in the Lord's Prayer that says, give us this day our daily bread, because it's not really talking about the slice of toast that we have at breakfast or anything. It's talking about what we truly need for each day. What is our need? And that's what God gives us each day, is our daily bread, our needs. And so now we do go before God in a time of prayer and ask for our needs. Almighty God, in Jesus Christ, you taught us to pray. And we know you hear the prayers of our hearts, even when we cannot put them into words. We come to you in gratitude and love for all you do for us. And we ask that you hear our prayers. Loving God, you were so protective and loving that Jesus called you Abba, Father. You entrusted your son Jesus to the care of Joseph, an earthly father. We honor and pray for our fathers, for fathers-to-be, stepfathers, adoptive fathers, grandfathers, and all those men who reach out to children needing a positive male role model or a father figure. May they model the life of Christ so that our children can see a glimpse of God's love for them. We offer our prayers today for the fathers of the world and ask your blessing on them as they care for their families. Oh God, you know the concerns of the world. You know the broken places where your creation has been spoiled by war, violence, hunger, or want. We lift up these places to you, trusting that you, by using us and your people everywhere, 
peace will be found, justice will be done, and your freedom will be known. We pray for the Middle East as both Palestinian and Israelis continue to attack each other in spite of the ceasefire agreed upon. We pray that the newly elected Prime Minister may offer improved relations between the United States and Israel. Compassionate God, we lift up all who are suffering from weather extremes, from heat and drought, rains and flood, fires and tornadoes. Protect us all, we pray. As summer is upon us, we ask that you watch over those who are traveling, who drive or fly or journey on the sea. May they safely reach their destinations. And may we always remember that wherever we go, we never journey beyond your loving care. We pray for the many young people who are graduating, whether it is from preschool or high school or advanced degrees. Help them to stay true to their dreams and to use their gifts wisely that they may make a difference in our world. Go with them into the future. Remove any anxiety or confusion. Guide and direct them along the paths you have laid for them. And may they know that they are never alone, for you walk with them. O oh God, you are the strength of the weak and the comfort of sufferers. Hear our prayers for those dear to us. Grant them the help of your power, that sickness and injury may be turned into health and sorrow into joy. We continue to pray for health for Keith Coslin, for Phyllis Smith, for Dorothy Ceccarini. And we pray for Kathy Stevenson, who will be having vascular surgery this week, that this procedure may go as planned and bring her the healing she seeks. We pray, too, for all those whose names are in our hearts, that you give to each as they have need. Be with all families who bear the burdens of those they love. Open our eyes to the needs around us and open our hearts to respond as you would have us do, that we may be doers of your word. Accept the fervent prayers of your people, O Lord. In your great mercy, look with compassion on us and all who turn to you for help, for you are gracious. To you we give glory, now and forever, through Jesus Christ, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. One more of these drive-ins left, and I'm still making mistakes. Tim and Nino, like, right after the offer, like, I didn't say at the end of the service you can... If you're here, drop your offering off at the offering plate. Uh, if you're at home on the podcast, thanks for listening. And you uh, mail it to Presbyterian Church of the Covenant, P.O. Box 2128, Costa Mesa, California, 92628. Um, they wouldn't be me if it wasn't a little mistakey, right? And you said debts instead of debtors. Oh, good job. Anyway, she sometimes says trespass. She's a Lutheran. All right. Everybody stand up. Benediction, right? And hopefully I'll see you next week, and then the week after we'll be inside the sanctuary right behind me. Uh, but for the, right here, right now, may God's face shine upon you. May the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit guard and keep you. And may the peace of Christ, which transcends all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds today 
tomorrow and forevermore. May it be so. Amen.